HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Barterhouse Wines. For more information, visit www.thebarterhouse.com. When you open the bottle and you drink the wine, it speaks for itself. Is it, you know, a wine that's made for food? Yes. Those types of wines are tend to be more rustic or have a little bit more body. Are there wines that are just pure out hedonistic pleasure? Sure, there's wines like that that are maybe from California that are more cocktail wines or wines that are just big jammy fruit bombs. And those, I think, appeal to a certain group, group of people as well. I think the wines that Barterhouse specializes in is more of these food-friendly you know, rustic style, um, biodynamic, organic wines that tend to be a bit more earthy, come from someplace. So you can almost taste the terroir. You can almost feel this guy, this Sansara was grown in this slaty, rocky soil. And so to me, that's the exciting part that the wine feels like it comes from someplace. Hey, hey, this is Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Arway. This is Heritage Radio Network, and we're here at Roberta's Pizza. Um, happy end of March. Hopefully the end of cold weather soon. Um, that was an appropriate commercial because we're here talking with uh, a head chef of a new place that perhaps you've seen, walked by in, new- in Williamsburg and wondered what it was or heard about it and wondered, there's a winery now in Brooklyn? Indeed, there is. And it's called Brooklyn Winery. Brooklyn Winery, yes. (laughs) Of all sorts of places, yeah. Um, It's uh, been open since October. We're a full-functioning winery. Um, We get our grapes from all across the world. We're bringing in things from uh, Chile and Argentina this year for the spring harvest. Um, And then everything uh, last fall was from uh, New York and California oh wow and, uh, a whole know. range so that's a, that's actually Brian Pierce the head chef from Brooklyn winery and why does why does Brooklyn winery need a chef because it's a whole um because fun place yeah there's, <laughs> there's so many different things going on there besides just making wine yeah um, we have a full awesome wine bar um, I think we have like some 30 glasses by or 30 wines by the glass and then we just have a full food program and we do everything from small plates and dinner to uh um, catering options oh yeah special private events you could do there yeah we do private events for like 10 to 15 all the way up to 30 to 75 uh we're shutting the whole place down and doing a benefit april 7th for 250 people right i heard about that um and who's that for again uh the greenway initiative yeah yeah um 
not 100 percent sure exactly <laughs> what they're doing um, it's gonna be a big party but it's gonna be a big party um a lot of people are coming um everyone's really excited about it around the winery cool so brooklyn winery is unique because it's it, it's actually a hands-on you can go in there with a bunch of friends pick out your grapes get you know helped through the whole process with a wine winery expert winemaking expert is there a word for that? Uh, Winemaker. Winemaker. Yeah, you sit down uh, with Connor McCormack okay. for about an hour, um, and you just talk about what kind of wines you like, what you like to drink. Um, you can even bring in your favorite bottle of wine, and they'll sit and try to figure out how to recreate that, or at least the same sort mm-hmm. of like palette and dynamics going on in it. And then they get the grapes in, and uh, you take them off the stem, you crush them. Um, you go Do you get to stomp on them by your bare feet? <laughs> uh, more or less. Uh, really? A, uh, <laughs> well, you get to do the crushing. Uh, I think uh, the, the bare feet have been left behind with the I Love Lucy <laughs> I'm imagining episodes, something but. like those kids, like fun houses where you, like, you're in like one room with a pit of balls, and then like, <laughs> Just the other room, the you're grapes. swimming through juice. And then you drink it. No. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, upscale version, I suppose. <laughs> so it's a do-it-yourself, hands-on yeah, winery. It's about a year-long process. Um, oh, my God. And then you get to design your own labels and uh, print your own bottles. Um, there's We throw awesome parties for all of our uh, barrel clients. And uh, there's a couple of fun uh, classes and seminars that you get to take when you do the packages. And, mm-hmm. uh, and how's the risk? Re- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, at, at the end of the day, you get 280 bottles of wine 280 bottles after yes. this at the end of the year at the end of the year, <laughs> yeah. the end of the year. <laughs> but you get to do like many many steps and you get to go come back and then yeah see it through that's really cool and why do you know why or how how has it been taken off here in brooklyn uh i think the response has been really good um at the you know i'm more on the wine bar side of things mm-hmm. the day-to-day operations with with the food program that we have going on and a lot of people just drop in and have a wine bar and yeah just come in it. and have a glass of wine on friday saturday nights uh we have live music uh we have uh, a whole slew of different things to draw people in throughout the week uh tonight is actually trivia night so uh <laughs> no way get your thinking caps on and come out and play some trivia is it wine uh, themed or? Um, there is always um, a wine that you, they give you a taste, a sample of a wine, mm-hmm. and you can go about trying to figure out what varietal it is, oh. uh, what year, what country, um, all sorts of different wow, stuff. Wow, super geeky. I would totally lose that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, we have a, a quiz master of sorts that comes out and does you know general knowledge. There is like a round where it's like wine knowledge stuff, and mm-hmm. then there's a music round, and you know. Have you always been into wine? Is that no, 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 no. Yeah, no. So. Um, I didn't know. Oh, I liked red wine <laughs> when I first started working. When there. it didn't give me a headache, <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, it was something that was a really cool opportunity. Um, I, I moved to New York on a whim in August, in three weeks and three suitcases, I traveled across the country and wound up here. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, I was working in Park Slope and for some other people and things weren't really working out. Um, and then I saw an ad on Craigslist through uh, Radish for this mysterious wine bar place that was opening up. And I went and talked with them and, you know, the ball kind of got rolling from there. And then all of a sudden I was working in a winery. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So um, my knowledge has grown immensely. Everybody there is so approachable, so easy to talk to, very, very knowledgeable. Um, you know, the, the Connor will sit there and talk to you for hours about wines. Yeah. And so, well, all the staff, they're all great. They all come from different backgrounds. A lot of them retail based. So they do know like everything. And I like that. They teach the classes. And I mean, there's a lot to learn and uh, everyone's really great about it. It like, sounds like the there's, there's a real synergy between the people who work there and then also the, just the people who patronize it and just go there and yeah, I think, do um, the trivia and make wine. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I, well, being, having such an approachable staff is really great because, I mean, like, I think wine and the food culture that's developing around it really is starting to become more popularized over the last you know, couple of years. I think people are trying to get into wine and to have such an approachable easygoing place to go and you can learn and sample a bunch of different stuff is really awesome for the neighborhood cool i i've been talking about beer on this show like way too much lately like beer this beer that beer that beer uh, this i come from fort oh. collins colorado the home of oh, amazing okay. beer so you're like this is old hat <laughs> yeah i mean wine is is another i just think it's so cool that you know home brewing is huge now Maybe we'll have a home winemaking explosion. I mean, do you think that you can make wine? You can. You definitely can make yeah. wine at home. Um, it's it's a it's a different process than making beer, obviously. Um, but um, I was over having dinner at uh, Connor's house the other night, and we he busted out some uh, some sweet Chardonnay that he had made like three years ago at nice. home before he actually got going in the whole like winemaking process. I mean, I, I think there's different shops. I think Natural Wine maybe might be one of those stores. Um, but there are different companies, different kits that you can buy that you can like make wine mm-hmm. at home. You definitely can do it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make the full 280 bottle barrels, but mm-hmm. you know, on a smaller scale. I think everyone's afraid though that it'll taste, you know, not good. But I, I mean, so you've probably made wine before, right? Or no, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, no. I mean, I, I, I've been there since October. It's not, it's not full year yet. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe eventually they'll bring me in more in that uh, next harvest is coming and uh, I'll get an opportunity to, to work more with the winery because um, we will be getting the grapes in and doing all that. No um, the last time they made wine, it was a little before I showed up. Oh, okay. They were, they got, it was in June of last year when they received all their stuff. Oh, so, I see. It's seasonal. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it comes in uh, fall and spring mainly. So you have to work with these grapes right when they're ready, I guess. Yeah, they they uh, they they uh, um, come into season. Uh, they get ripe. Uh, they have to sit on the vine for just the right amount of time until mm-hmm. the vineyard pulls them off, and then they get packed up in uh, in crates and sealed and shipped all across the world. Uh, they're coming by sea from uh, South America, and then uh, the ones from California were shipped by train. Okay. Any any uh, hopes of growing some grapes in Brooklyn at your facility? <laughs> that would be uh, I, grapes. Mm, well, just the soil conditions have to be so right. I um, but I would like to um, bite you guys and make my own little urban garden. All right, you should totally do that. I mean, I, I'm growing grapes on a rooftop. I don't know how they're doing. I mean, it takes years and years. Right. Like, right. We're talking twenty years ahead. Maybe we'll have. Grapevines. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's like definitely a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's why I, I feel like intimidated by this whole process. But when you really break it down, okay, so you source for the grapes from all over the world, just like you would with grains or any ingredients really to cook with. And then, and then you can start with that 
really anywhere you are, anywhere you have the tools and barrels and stuff. Yeah, um, and, and that's the concept. Cool. Uh, John yeah. and Brian, the, the owners over there, they uh, they had a similar experience in New Jersey, and they went and uh, oh, um, made right. some wine. Okay, and and then you know they got talking and uh, decided that what better place to open a winery mm-hmm. than in the middle of Brooklyn? I see. So Williamsburg. this is this is a real West Coast thing, though. This whole make it yourself. Um, facility. Uh, they were in New Jersey when they did it, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Connor, uh, Connor's from uh, uh, Northern California. That's where right. he grew up. That's where he, uh, you know, learned the trade. Cool. Yeah, I, I think I went to a walkthrough of the space before it was fully opened and yeah. before much of it had been built, actually. And I was like, what in the world is this? And he's like, oh, yeah, they do it all over the West Coast. It's like a California thing. You go in there and you make wine at this winery. Sometimes it's at like an old vineyard. Sometimes it's just people like us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you definitely got to come back and check out the space. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful bar. Um, it's very ornate. Everything is uh, reclaimed mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. Um, all the tables are built out of um, old uh, buttresses from uh, brownstones. And Whoa. all the chairs came from a pogo stick factory. Um, the shelves behind <laughs> the bar are old artillery cases from World War II. So after if somebody has a few drinks, they can pogo around on the <laughs> stools. <laughs> that would be very, very entertaining. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so I can go there and play trivia and then... <laughs> jump on a pogo stick. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that is super. That is super Brooklyn. Who would have thought that um, the old place was su- Supreme Trading? Supreme Trading is, was is one of the smelliest bars in the world. I've, I've heard some god awful <laughs> stories about Supreme Trading. Um, it was it was something a, a, else. A, a black hole of, of sin. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm lucky or unlucky not patronizing yeah, the place before. <laughs> before well, it thank you it. for reinventing it, helping <laughs> um, it. Well, get a facelift <laughs> it definitely uh, hopefully it looks a little bit better <laughs> i think it's just a switch i think it does you know there's there can be a fine line between these shabby chic uh found and refurbished things like such as the butt tresses yeah. from brownstones that's cool and just a total kind of shabby <laughs> version of that right which yeah. i think is um, cool. you know, the, the guys at, at WRK who did all the interior design and uh, all the fabrication of the place are, are really great. They have a really good sense of style. And uh, Eric, uh, the main carpenter that we have, uh, he's a young guy. He's, he's like 23 or something. He's um, he's great. He, he does amazing work and mm-hmm. everything is uh, fits the space so perfectly. Everything is, is very, very unique. And, uh, you know, I don't think it goes over the top with the vintage. I think it, I mean, it does have that certain amount of class that really like fits in and mm-hmm. makes it work well and it's without. a big space it's a really fun large romp yeah yeah it's yeah. it's it's big um we have uh two just two stories in the wine bar itself and you have the the main bar area we have like four 12 to 16 person tables down there and then you can go upstairs and there's a little private parlor with a couch that's a little more secluded awesome little date spot um <laughs> and then we have a private event space that can hold easily 20 people seated 30 people seated and then like 45 standing hmm. so if you're in the wine bar can you see some people making wines or um in you're in the if you're in the private event space um it's the the back wall of it is all glass and you can see down into the barrel room where we have like 50 barrels awesome. more just uh just sitting there um, aging and then 
the production room where we actually make all the wine um, that's also available for for private events mm-hmm. so if you have a larger event with you know 80 to you know 200 people oh, wow you that's can quite big run out the the whole place and uh it, it, when you look at it, it looks a little, you know, like it's not going to work out. But then they backlight all the equipment and they move everything around. And uh, there's actually a giant, like, 20-foot projector screen that they can roll down now. Whoa. Watch and a movie while you make beer. Or uh, wine. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm really out of it here. <laughs> I just had a big event this weekend, Beer for Beasts. Uh, oh, yeah? With Six Point and Beer Advocate. Yeah, you should do it. You, well, you're having a big event coming up soon, April 9th, right? Uh, April 7th, yeah. Yeah, April 7th. Um. And uh, we op- that's the day we're going to open up the patio space as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So nice the patio is going to open up, and that's like another 40 covers that we can sit out there. So. I can't wait to see that place uh, looking a little better than yeah. it was last <laughs> in its old carnation. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about food because you're a chef. Uh, after a quick musical break, you picked a song? I did. Uh, I saw by Woman. All right. Let's put it on. We'll be right back. following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune in to The Speakeasy every Wednesday at 3 p.m., where host Damon Bolte will discuss cocktails, spirits, wine, beer, tea, coffee, and all things in the liquid universe, with guests ranging from bartenders and brewers, alchemists and ambassadors, roasters and regulars, and every expert and enthusiast in between. Learn from some of the world's leading experts in mixology, bar history, distillation, and brewing about how we enjoy imbibing today. Again, that's every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and we're today talking to Brian Pierce, the head chef of at Brooklyn Winery. Of Brooklyn Winery? Yeah, uh, sure. Of Brooklyn Winery, at Brooklyn Winery, mm, semantics. He does the food. Um, Connor McCormack does the wine. Mm-hmm. And the place is awesome. It's Yeah, thank yeah. you for the whole rundown. Of oh, oh, no problem. Uh, hopefully I, I spoke well of the place. Um, Food-wise, uh, spring just came out. Um, we rolled out our new menu. I hope so. It's going to I know. I, we, not with this weather. It's, still, <laughs> it's sunny today, but it's still cold. It's windy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in so lieu of the menu. weather, we, okay. we rolled out a new menu. Uh, very spring-based. Uh, we got a couple of very delicious salads on there. Um, and just try to really make everything bright and light and uh you know hopefully that that comes across um cool can't wait so do you think about like each wine that uh is on the you know wines by the glass menu when you think about your 
Um, salads and anything or well we go through this process me and uh jones mccormack um is uh my cohort and uh my saving grace she helps me develop all the menus she works upstairs in the office but she has extensive culinary experience and just a really great palate and is really creative and we work pretty hard uh gearing up for the menus so we'll sit and uh just kind of talk off and on and and you know write down different ideas and then we'll test them out and then once we get an idea of the whole menu what we think is going to go on everything we sit down um john and brian the two owners uh, uh connor comes in and the gm ryan bruno and they sit down and we give them the full course and they have every wine that we serve by the bottle in front of them and then we eat and we taste and we figure out what works best with with each dish and we and we actually have a pairing menu this 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 time around so every dish that's on the menu has a wine that is we suggest to it. pair to it cool. um we pair the wine to the food not the food to the wine um, mm-hmm. mainly because i'm not that knowledgeable about yeah wine, i mean wine well, per se yeah I, I think it would be very abstract to take a wine and then say oh you know yeah i don't know there, there are certain things um uh, I have the the ability to cook with a lot of wine there. So cool. like last um, in the in the winter, we were doing um, a Sangiovese fig compote. So it was just a, a jam that we put on top of uh, brie, and that came with all the all Sangiovese the, fig compote. Yeah, mm. Sangiovese is a red wine. Um, right. It's something that we had a lot of. Um, so uh, you know, I made uh, it's it's a jam. It's a fig jam. Nice, it's a fancy way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so that obviously we got paired with with the Sangiovese to to really like bring those things out and uh, like we made a, a red wine stew that we also paired with with a wine that we were making the stew with. So cool. Those types of things work a little bit better, but it, it is pretty abstract and really hard to kind of just like have a glass of wine and be like, oh, this okay. is going to go perfect with yeah, that. Yeah, asparagus with yeah, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> there is this white wine that we just got in that is so briny and sea salty that I really want to do oysters with it Ooh, or mussels that's so, cool yeah there's sometimes you have one and you just have an idea about where to go with mm-hmm. it but i mean it's not um you know a steady oh you sh- yeah. oyster shocking why not yeah, sure. oysters and wine so um what's one dish that you're really excited about for the spring menu um for the spring menu uh i got a couple um i have this uh this uh fresh carrot and edamame salad that i'm really happy with right now it's uh, shredded carrots simply dressed with olive oil and lemon salt and pepper and just a tidbit of sugar and then on top is um an edamame salad with red peppers and shallots as rice beans and then boiled or blanched just blanched really quickly and then thrown into an ice bath so Mm -hmm. that they you know shock and uh, stop the cooking process and then that's dressed with uh rice wine vinegar olive oil um Salt and pepper, tarragon, which is my new favorite herb, mm. and uh, a little grapefruit juice. Oh, yum. Yeah, and it's really bright and uh, light, and, and I think it just really accentuates both of those the things. Carrots, you know, people kind of think of it as, as something... Peas and carrots. Right. goes better together. <laughs> but they're... Uh, carrots are awesome. And the, the other thing I'm doing right now is a carrot ginger cheesecake which um, is the dessert option. And myself, I'm not like a really heavy-handed sweets person. Like, I don't, I don't go after the, the cakes. Um, so I wanted to do something that was a little lighter that um, 
you know, still had the decadence and consistency of a cheesecake, but still kind of wasn't that that sugar bomb. Yeah. And uh, the ginger really rounds everything out. And uh, you that know, sounds great. It's uh, it's quite delicious. Cool. So, where do you guys like to get your carrots and all that stuff from? Um, well, we we work with Baldor. Um, when nice. when I started working here. Um, I, I had 10 days to write a menu <laughs> and source ingredients and find a staff. And uh, um, So let's grow some on the roof right now. No, right, yeah. <laughs> um, but as, uh, you know, as, as summer and spring comes around, uh, we're launching brunch in the middle of April. And uh, the plan is to go to the farmer's market every Friday morning and pick out a bunch of uh, different ingredients to make brunch out of and then have a farmer's market brunch, or brunch on so, Saturday wow. So you write, oh, okay, on Friday. Okay, yeah, so, so you write it really quickly on the spot. and Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick a couple of different, uh, like five or six different things that I know will always be on there, like a different omelet and mm-hmm. a different Benedict and uh, some sort of carnation of French toast. Like I'll pick different venues or vehicles for food, but then, you know, you can always put different stuff inside of an omelet. You can always make a different quiche, you know, just cool. have the basic uh, you know, blueprint or a foundation to make everything and then have it change every weekend. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know that your spot is known as being like a prime date spot. You bring your date. Oh, have yeah. Have some wines, have it, some small plates. Is, yeah, that, is y- that what they have now? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the top of style. So you don't, you know, you don't get too bloated on your no date. No big greasy burgers. Or, no, uh, no, no. But we do make our own plates. sausage. Do you? What? We, yeah, we uh, we make our own sausage, house-made sausage. Cool. Yeah. Um, this uh, this time around, it's uh, it's pork with uh, mangoes, cilantro, jalapenos, queso fresco, lime zest. That's all inside the sausage. All inside the sausage, and then uh, it's served on top of uh, poblanos, tomatillos, and Spanish onions that are uh, sautéed, and then I make a, a fresh mango mustard and throw it right on top. Nice. Now I'm excited to ask uh, one of my favorite questions on the show, which is, what would you recommend as the most quintessential perfect date meal? The quintessential uh, at the winery? Or, or just, just... In general. Yeah. Mm. Dream date meal. Dream date meal. Um... You know, since since I'm so wrapped up in the, the commercial restaurant well, industry yeah. um, and of going going out to eat is is always a reconnaissance mission. <laughs> you know, I'm always uh, checking out uh, different silverware or the plates or the food, uh, how the menus set up. Uh, I, I, I judge my waiters. I don't I tip them all appropriately, <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty judgmental on things. You can relax, yeah. So uh, the perfect date meal would be. Uh, just a home cooked meal by the person who's taking me out on a date. Ooh, the other person. I want I like them that. to cook for me, and I want them to. Dude, uh, this is the first time that's ever happened. Because it's usually like I want to make this and this and this and bring it to and get, make it for somebody else. But I like that. I think well, those are also fun dates. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, sometimes I just get sick of cooking. Mm-hmm. I love it to death, but uh, I, I think uh, you can really learn a lot about somebody when uh when you know you when you have them cook for you yeah show me the goods what do yeah. you got yeah cool yeah. and what what would that person ideally make in your hypothetical dream world oh my hypothetical dream world what would they make um you know something uh that would that, that comes from their, their childhood or something that like really tells something about them you know um if i were doing it you know my, my mom always uh, makes wonderful salads and um, great uh, different side dishes and uh, um, my dad grew a garden so I really want to like you know hopefully display those things and what I was cooking for somebody I, I always think food 
tell something about a person. So if you're making me dinner, if you're making me something, I want it to like be something personal for you that you want to share with me. Cool. What, so what would you make? Just like a farm style like <laughs> yeah, salad? I'd, <laughs> I'd walk over to my parents' house and steal all their, fro- yeah. their produce and then, you know. Pick the choicest uh, tomatoes and whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just make something fresh and light. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, the Pierces are not a heavy, heavy household. We, uh, you know, probably throw something on the grill. I'm not sure. Jeez. That's a difficult question. I know. You have. Well, you know, it's fun. What's yours? Ah, uh, it varies. Yeah. From day to day. <laughs> what about yeah. today? What is but today's I, I'd perfect like a, meal? Oh, I don't know. Something actually, it's so cold out these days. I just want a soup. You I want just a soup? Want, like a big bowl of soup, and then dive into it, and then no, just. <laughs> Splash I like around. to have fun with food here. So. <laughs> Plains at your soup. Yeah. Um. No, I like I like those. Um, you know, answers when it, it really doesn't matter so much what the food is. It's just like the idea behind it is all that matters. It's right. Like, so. You know, it's always it, it's a it's a tough it's a diff, tough question to ask. But uh, you know, yeah. what do you think now is the most romantic uh, date meal that you should order on the menu at Brooklyn Winery? Um, something you can share. Um, everything is uh, very top style and small plates. Um, I'd really go for the pairings. I think they, mm-hmm. they're really awesome. We, we put a lot of hard work into them, and you can really have a great experience doing it. If you're going to go on a date and you're going to go to Brooklyn Winery, might I suggest Wednesdays. Okay. Wednesdays is... Uh, no, it's 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 $20 bottle night. It's a great deal. Oh. So oh, you come okay. in, you order you order two two things off the menu, so you get a couple of different I things. I thought you were giving can... me some insider tip, like we oh, no, <laughs> order no, no, no. on <laughs> Thursday. No. No, no. Okay. Um, but it's it's $20 bottle mm-hmm. night, so you come and you order two different entrees off the menu, and then you get uh, a bottle of wine for $20. Oh, and cool. And you save up to like 55% or something. Cool. On some of these bottles. I'm really digging rosé lately. Uh, we do it, we do have a lovely rosé. Is that like not the wine snobs wine? It's not. Um, oh, man. Um, but <laughs> it's the girly <laughs> it, girly wine. I think I mean it, it gets a bad rap. Um, just just sweet wines in general definitely. <laughs> um, it's 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 just it's a stigma. You know, it's the sideways effect. Like oh. nobody drinks merlot anymore because of sideways. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. we, I mean, we have a really great rosé. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's off dry. It still has its, its sweet characteristics. And, I like dry though. Yeah. The, rosé could be dry. There's yeah. no reason why it shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. Um, why I, it can't I, be. Or, yeah. I think, and, uh, I think it's the color that gives it the stigma. Come on. So, and the same with the rosé cava is the pink, the pink sparklers. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we have that as well. The pink and Those bubbly. Are, yeah. That's a little too good. That's too <laughs> frou-frou from even me. One of the bartender's boyfriends not. came in last night with a friend and, uh, they were two males drinking rosé cava. At the <laughs> so cute. Oh man. I'm going to get like totally chastised. If I walk in there, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to wear a little <laughs> costume. Wow. Or I just need to learn. I just need to come there and get better. Yeah, come shit. come and take the class or just sit okay. and talk with a bartender. Um, like I said earlier in the show, they're all very, very knowledgeable, all very approachable people. Would you let everyone at Heritage come and make our own wine and then next year we'll have a wine party? Jack, you listening? <laughs> yes. And then in a year from now, we'll get to drink all 280 bottles in one night. That would be that would be epic. Yeah, let's as long do as it. I can come to the party, we'll make it happen. Oh, of course! <laughs> Help us drink it. All right, it's on. We're doing it. Sweet. Cool.
Thanks so much, Brian. Well, thanks for having me on. Cool. Right. Um, and I'll look out for your spring menu and that lovely fundraiser event for Green Waves. The Greenway Initiative. I think the Greenway Initiative, yeah. I think that should be really fun. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, and I'll see everyone at Heritage next week. I'd like to thank Jack Inslee and Nat Wiener, and we're good. Thank you much. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. I gotta stand tall. You know a man can crawl when he knows he's telling lies and he hears them passing by. He's not a man at all. following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. The Snacky Tunes compilation has arrived and is available for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com. This compilation features live performances from some of the hottest acts around today, including Midnight Magic, Surfer Blood, Overhoffer, and more. Again, you can download this compilation for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com, and make sure to listen to Snacky Tunes every Monday at 2 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network.